Hello and welcome to Weirdos in the Wild with our co-host, A.J. Oxley, paranormal investigator with Beyond This Life Paranormal and multi-generational paranormal enthusiast, and Lynn Tencher, Beyond This Life Paranormal investigator, Reiki master, published author, and near-death experiencer. Travel with them, a couple of everyday weirdos, on a wild ride to all things paranormal and metaphysical. Coming up on Weirdos in the Wild, are giants still among us? AJ and Lynn have a discussion on giants past and present. Listen in. Hydra Publications is your one stop for the best in genre fiction. Secrets and Blood is the debut horror novel from Dewey Hensley. Evangeline Grace, the sheriff in a small town, Eastern Kentucky coal mining county, longs to start a new life in another place. However, present and past evils conspire to jeopardize her plans and end the lives of those she loves, including her brother Sheldon, whom she promised to protect. Drugs, feuds, and her beliefs stand in the way of identifying the notorious Highlander in time to live her dream. However, menace reaches from Madison County's past. Do you struggle with depression, ongoing medical issues, or have you experienced past trauma? If you have, please consider the help of Energetic Healing. At Dragonfly Pond Holistic Services, we utilize Karuna Reiki, crystals to align and heal chakra function, meditation, and sound healing to address these issues and help you in your healing process. To learn more about energetic healing and how to contact us, visit our website at dragonflypondenergy.com. For those who call in to schedule an appointment, mention this ad and receive $25 off your initial visit. Welcome back, everyone, to the latest and greatest episode of Weirdos in the Wild. My name's AJ. And I'm Lynn. And today, we've got a great show for you. We're going to talk about, well, the opposite of what we've talked about before. We talked about little people. Today, we're going to talk about giants through history and what they mean, what the beliefs are of different cultures, uh, and you know, do they still exist today? But first, we want to remind you, please go to our website, and if you uh, would please uh, take a look at signing up for our Patreon page. That would help us continue to grow this channel and grow our um, content. Speaking of content, if you have something that you would like to share with us, a story, um, it's something that is just weird that's happened to you um something that is definitely paranormal or ghost involved we want to hear about it scary or not scary or not we want to know so um go to our our um our web at weirdosinthewild.com and also we're still putting together questions one of our goals is to have a question and answer session that we do uh coming up soon of just your questions and uh, we've got some some so far, and we're still looking for more. Let's get into talking about giants. Well, giants have been mentioned throughout history, and depending on your beliefs, and uh, those beliefs may be, you know, based on religion or other beliefs that persons may have, like the old Earth theories. Um, 
or beliefs of Native Americans, um, giants have been around for a long, long, long time. We know, I think most people know the story of David and Goliath that's in the, uh, that's in the Bible. And, you know, David took down the giant, which was Goliath. That's right. Um, but there's other places in the Bible that um, giants are, are discussed, and specifically the Nephilim. Well, when we talk about the Nephilim, you get a whole lot of different theories and a whole lot of different <laughs> takes on the Nephilim. Um, if you believe what what is in um, the the Bible, it is referenced. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main reference is in Genesis, and the, um, it's very ambiguous and it's kind of disputed what it is. Um, the, it's very loosely translated as the term either as a giant or a or the word fallen. So there it takes two different paths. Is it a giant or is it a fallen angel? The belief that, that the giant or the Nephilim were fallen angels is, you know, has taken a lot of different paths. One being is that the Nephilim were believed to be on this earth right at the time or right before the account of Noah's Ark. And then if you believe that, um, there's the saying that if you were in those days and also after that, that when the Son of God came in to the daughters of man and they bore children to them, the same were the mighty men that they were old, the men of the renown. So, you could believe that these giants also then then had children with women at that time. You could believe that that the um that the the fallen angels or nephilim, whichever one you want to call them, that they were having their own kind of breed? Breed their own I don't know. Species, I don't know what you want to call it, I guess. So I'm guessing they were breeding with regular size mm-hmm. people, yep. basically. And you also have the idea that, that they were the fallen angels or that God had placed them here and that there was a belief that most of them, but not all, because there is a belief that they still are around, that most of them then perished at the time of the, of, of the Great Flood. So um, they weren't invited on the ark. There was no twos of them on the ark. No, there was none of those at that time. Um, there also is the interpretation that you know that the giants show up in other places, like Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. And there is lots of we know that there are lots of Greek gods that were supposed to be giant in size, you know, and right. that had that were very strong, very powerful. Um, that you know, if you if you look at it, it's when we talk about these giants that are still supposedly um, people have encountered over the last few hundred years. It's not a god-like of creature. It is more of a just a giant human being. You know, if you think about like a god-like creature that the Greeks or the Romans had, they all had some sort of power special power yeah like poseidon with his trident and yeah exactly um we talk about giants it seems like that no they are just giant people 
Large uh, and strong. Large and strong. And they're not Andre the Giant either, so don't say that. <laughs> I knew you were. <laughs> but I All right. But I guess if you think about somebody that would be that big, Andre the Giant was 7, 6, and 500 pounds. Yeah. So he was a giant of a man yeah. compared to most people of today's world. <clears throat> Fallen Angels was really the other part of that. And um, and it also, um, you know, that also comes from the interpretation that's in, in the Bible in Genesis that... Um, that says that these were uh, falling angels. So if you also believe that there are the fallen angels, there is also a belief that, um, that if you know that if you all have been listening to this podcast, my second favorite thing to talk about is Bigfoot besides ghosts. <laughs> There's also the belief that the Bigfoot are the Nephilim, and they're the Nephilim that still are part of what is on Earth today. Um... You know, there is that belief that they are, um, they could be fallen angels. They could be demons. They could be from another dimension and come and go through through dimensions. Or they could be that creature that most people want to talk about that we just don't know what they are. But that is also another belief of the Nephilim. Um, you know, I came across a very interesting list though and I wanted to share that with you because I think you'll find this interesting too and it is it is evidence hard evidence of giants that existed in um, the United States Wow um, and one of these is um, in I'm just gonna go through there's a list here I'll just kind of give you the time and the place and where these were found um, Serpent Mound in Ohio, which you may have actually heard of, because I've actually been there. Oh, no, I have not. Yes. So I'll learn. Um, so Serpent Mound is um, in um, in Ohio. It's near a, a city called Peebles, um, near a bigger city near Portsmouth, Ohio, which is where my family's from. Um, is that northern? Southern Ohio, Southern. on the Ohio River, near the, we're kind of near where Kentucky, Ohio, and West Virginia all come together. Mm. Um, you can tell I don't get to Southern Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it is a, it's a, a prehistoric mound that was believed to have been built by Native Americans. It is a. Uh, 1,370 feet long, and it's shaped as it's a serpent. Um, that's Obviously, that's the name. Um, in 1890s, they, uh, there was an excavation, a part of it, and what was discovered um, was um, remains of human-type remains that were seven foot tall. So, if you think in the early eighteen or the early late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, people mm -hmm. were much much smaller at that right. point in time. So, if you think that this was made, I mean, hundreds to thousands of years ago, and some a being was seven foot tall, um, and actually they believe that part of the one they found that 
they estimated its lower legs were not attached correctly. Somehow, maybe it had been moved, it had shifted over time, what have you, which could make it mean that if it was a, an intact person, it may have been eight foot tall. So hmm. you can imagine that at that point in time, you know, in, you know, hundreds of years ago, eight foot tall would have been a giant. It would sure. have been like nine, ten feet now. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they also found in West Virginia, in a similar type of situation, in a mound in West Virginia called Crescent Mound. This was in 1959. Um, they, they found skeletons there that were seven foot two inches tall. And um, they also believe that, you know, these were roughly in that same time period. And, um, and, and then they also, around that same time, um, unearthed in what was called Moundsville, Alabama, um, in a very similar situation doing an anthropology dig from the, uh, that was done by the University of Oklahoma, they came across um, people that were seven foot six and six seven foot skeletons. So um, there was also found a skeleton that was seven foot five inches and a also what they said several that were over eight feet um, in um, in in eight feet tall, and those were actually verified by the Smithsonian Institute. And then also in Pennsylvania, they found over eight foot tall skeletons there as well. So kind of in that whole area of that Southern Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, right in that area, for some reason there seems to be a a very large group of people that lived in that area. I wonder, didn't you say it was Serpent Mound? <laughs> Serpent Mound is in Ohio. Moundsville? Uh-huh. So, what is it about the mounds? Are they like, well, maybe burial uh, areas it, it, Yes, or something? they're burial mounds. And okay. it's funny, the next one we come to is mounds that are in Iowa. And hmm. in Iowa, they found somebody, uh, found skeletal remains that were seven foot six inches tall. Wow. So, um, you know, the, the belief... I think that, you know, a lot of these mounds were made by Native Americans. Right. So, could there have been a an, an early race of Native Americans that were between seven and eight foot tall? Could be. We were talking about Bigfoot a moment ago. What's, what's the average height of Bigfoot? Is it like eight to ten feet? Well, it depends on the, the area of the country. Okay. Um, you usually hear in this part of the world, um, in the lower parts of the United States, seven, eight foot. It's not unlikely though, if you get up into Washington, Canada, that's where you hear about the 10 and 12 footers. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely in the realm that, that these beings or these skeletal remains, could they have been a, could it have been some sort of species like a a bigfoot that is you know we know bigfoot is intelligent right <clears throat> there's a belief that they do bury their dead by many people um yeah. maybe it is maybe it is something like that i wish they could tell from dna or you know i'm sure they've 
we could probably do some research to find out if they've mapped some DNA from this so that we can learn if it's more human or more whatever <laughs> or something completely foreign no one knows mm -hmm. yeah or to see you know if maybe this whole race had whatever what is it giantism I think is the common term for like a growth hormone that causes people to get extra large now like Andre the Giant yeah so I, I'm not very technical with all that stuff but. no there is a technical there is a a disease if, if I guess if you want to call it that 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 people have like Andre the Giant where they <clears throat> they continually grow um, you know his body continued to grow for his entire life what mm -hmm. eventually killed him was his body basically outgrew his organs yeah um, um, but it is, a, but there is that disease and it is treatable. Hmm. Cause it's hormonal, right? Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. Yep. So very similar account comes out of Missouri in the 1930s in which they found an eight foot skeleton. Um, and again, another one out of Ohio in Miamisburg, Ohio, um, a eight foot 1.5 inch skeleton um, that was believed to uh, it was in a in a mound again and it was believed to be built um, by the Adena culture somewhere between um, 1000 and 200 BC um, and again that was over eight foot tall a skeleton was found there um, I'm kind of going down this list, and they, as the list we get to, they kind of get a little bit taller each time. Um, the San Diego Giant, um, and uh, this is a report of a um, of a mummy giant that was found in San Diego. Um, at first, they thought it was a hoax, but after a closer look and some intrigue. Um, it appears that this was for real um, a a mummy of some sort of giant um, person um, and um, it was actually um, looked at by the Smithsonian again and it was um, was verified at that point that they believed it was sometime later again they said it was a hoax um so that one's still kind of up in the air up in the <laughs> air but the strange part about it is um sometime after that there were more mounds found in oklahoma and a very similar eight foot five inch um, skeleton was um, was found. The funny part about that one is it was on display and then it disappeared. Hmm. Um, imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> um, this one I have heard of before. I, had, I This is one of the few I had had heard of and it was the Catalina Island, California one. Uh, and um, I think everybody knows what Catalina Island is off, off the coast of California. And um, an archaeologist there um, had collected um, 
this was in between 1919 and 1930. An amateur archaeologist, his name was Ralph Gilden, and he was collecting skeletons off the island. And he um, was working for what was called the Hay Foundation of New York, and he unearthed a, a, a skeleton that was 9 foot 2 inches tall and several that were over 7 inches tall. They were over what? Seven or seven feet. I okay. said seven inches. <laughs> seven feet tall. Sorry. So, and then after that, there was some other beliefs that, um, you know, what he was uncovering were actually Native Americans. There was, so there was other expeditions that were done. And um, in one of these expeditions, uh, they were able to unearth a skeleton that was seven foot two inches tall. And they also uncovered... Um, a 28-inch femur. So that's in the leg, right? In the leg. So that's a that's your the, the, the femur big bone, yeah. That's over two feet long. I mean, that's <laughs> mine's maybe a foot and a half. So, so if even that much, from what I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next one comes out of Arkansas, and the it's called the Beaver Lake. Ozark Caves, and this came from 1913 when they found um, a nearly 10-foot skeleton and a number of huge skulls. There's actually some pictures of these skulls, and they look um, I'll show them over here. Very very Neanderthal looking. Right, with a large chin. Mm -hmm. um, smaller uh, Smaller head for the brain, I guess. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'd like to see that like next to a human skull and then next to maybe a you know, gorilla or an ape or mm -hmm. something just to see if there's any similarities. So it says here that um, so this, he, this came out of a cave. And they dug these out of ashes that were in the cave. And, and they were about three feet deep. And he found the remains of several human skeletons, including an almost perfect skull, which differed in many particulars from the modern specimen. When partly joined, the largest skeleton, uh, the largest skeleton was over ten feet tall, and um, they believed them to be approximately a thousand years old. We also have coming out another one out of California in which um, this was in the 18, 1833, um, they found a 12-foot a sarcophagus um, at Lomco Rancho. And in there was a skeleton of a giant man that was about 12 foot tall. Um, the grave was surrounded by carved shells, huge stone axes, two spears, and thin sheets of what, um, what, is, what was a purple mineral with quartz covering the skeleton. Um, so he, uh, were the two, I don't know if so you said anything there, like the tools were his size? Um, it just said huge stone axes. Huge. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, they said that um, he was covered with 
uh, unlegible symbols. He had double row of teeth on both the upper and lowers. Wow. Um, the soldiers that found this um, consulted with the local tribe of Indians, and they believed that this came from a displaced Allegoe Indians from the Ohio Valley. And I don't, I'm sure I butchered that, but it's A-L-L-E-G-E-W-I Indians. That's pretty close to home. Yeah. So here's another one that's really close to home. <laughs> really close to home. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, so um, two further 12-foot examples were reported in Jeffersonville, Kentucky. Ooh, that is really close to home. Um, you could throw a rock to it pretty much from here. The New York Times reported that on May 22, 1871, in the Baynard, Missouri, the Providence Evening Press, in September 13, um, 1883. Um, so that's really all we know about those is that those were reported in the um, in the newspaper, but obviously being very, very close here. Also, a newspaper in um, Wisconsin, Janesville, Wisconsin, uh, had said a 13-foot skeleton, excuse me, had been... 13-foot? 13-foot skeleton had been unearthed in Janesville. If you put me and you together, we don't reach 13 nope. feet. Nope, nope. Wow. And then there's also um, the New York Times um, reported that on April 15th, 1886, a 14-foot a skeleton was unearthed at Othman Mounds, E-T-O-W-A-H Mounds. Now, I've been reading some articles on 10-foot tall aliens. So could that have been... I'm just thinking out loud. I know we don't have any answers, but could that have been, like, aliens at that time, I wonder? Possible. Of course, you know, I don't know what an alien would have looked like <laughs> at that I, time. Well, you know, there's that... We hear all the stories. <laughs> what is it? They say there were 53 known... Is that what it is? 53, 57 different aliens... Really? Known alien types. They're not all the little short guys with the big heads and the big eyes. They're I just know the grays and the yeah the grays the greens and supposedly and there's yeah but supposedly there's all those different ones. Hmm. There's the one that's the looks like the praying mantis. Yeah. That's the one that escaped. That's that's the one we talked about the other day. That's that's another episode. Yeah, that's a different episode. Anyway, um, so here's the biggest and the tallest one. West Hickory, Pennsylvania, in 1870, an 18-foot skeleton. Um, the report came from the Oil City Times in 1870 and unearthed the immense armor. It revealed some startling anatomical oddities and the skeleton that reached a staggering height, the tallest example that has ever been came across. So here's what it says about the, the 18 foot. They exhumed an enormous helmet of iron, which was corroded with rust. Further digging 
brought to light a sword that measured nine feet in length. I'd hate to try to pick that one up. I mean, and use it. If you're eight, <laughs> but I guess if you're eighteen foot tall, a nine foot sword just about right. Yeah, uh-huh. I guess so. <laughs> um, and it also said the report also said a well preserved skeleton of an enormous giant. The bones of the skeleton were remarkably white. The teeth were all in place, and all of them were double and of extraordinary size. Double like the two rows? Like the two rows, like the other report. Dang. No wonder all the mythology comes out that these things eat people. Mm -hmm. They have the teeth to do it. Um, Again, um, interesting discovery was reported to be buried um, below a mound. Hmm. Imagine that. Imagine that. So somewhere along the way, that has has to do very much with it. The 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 mound builders of that of those times and um, um, you know were they giant people? And that was that just their way of um, of burying their their mm-hmm. their dead. So where we keep you know saying that these things have been unearthed, is there anywhere that's these are on display, or have they all kind of disappeared? Well, um, well, it's there are a lot of these that that they say that were like I'm reading this right here. It says uh, there is actually a book that was written, and what it, one of the books is called um, "Secrets in the Mounds and the Smithsonian Files." So a lot of so as we went through this and talked about this, a lot of these were examined by mm-hmm. you know experts from the Smithsonian Institute. Right. So um, it is it is interesting. Um, I do believe the believe that the is it the Catalina one where and don't quote me on this, but I believe the Catalina one's the one where like all that all that stuff just disappeared. Yeah. Um, so if you're a conspiracy theorist, there's the belief that this stuff disappears because it doesn't fit in with what we believe history is. Um, there is a belief still that, um, you know, that these folks, these giants are still around today. Um, there's a belief from some of the Native Americans that they, um, that if you believe in the uh, the inner earth theory that that's where those giants live mm-hmm. is in the inner earth um, there's also a couple of really interesting stories that have came out of the Middle East um, and the US military um, I, I heard two stories that are very similar and I don't know if these are the same stories or not um, but um, one of them is called the Kandahar Giant. And the story that I heard um, was um, that a, a patrol of U.S. troops went out and encountered this giant. That, and um, they knew that something was there. Um, and when they encountered it, it was massive um and it was for its size was crazy agile like a bigfoot i guess yeah 
Um, but this thing was did not was not like described as like a hairy ape or anything. It was described as a giant human being. And when it came out, it came out with a spear, as what you would consider like a primitive human being. Uh-huh. The story is that it speared one of the soldiers, and literally speared him and held him up on the spear. Oh my goodness. That's like a movie. Yes, very much like a yeah. movie. The story is then that the rest of the patrol basically opened fire on it and decapitated it. Oh, wow. There's another story very similar to this in that um, a patrol came across one of these beasts or giants or whatever you want to call them. And... Um, it came out of a cave, was very um, aggressive toward it. They killed it. And um, that one was then, the body was then taking, taken from the mountainside to um, one of the airports and was actually then put on a, a pallet. Mm-hmm. And it was believed that several people saw it. Um, these people were told, you did not see this. You cannot talk about this. This is top secret. There are no pictures to be taken. Phones are being put away. Um, the belief was it was this creature was over person, whatever you want to call it, giant, was over 10 foot tall. The way it was curled up on this um um, palate, um, it's described as smelling awful. Uh-huh. Not like smelling like decay, but just smelling like awful. Like, like it's never like had a, a bath awful. Like a Bigfoot awful yeah. smell. Um, and supposedly that, you know, there was um, that the soldiers that were there were, you know, they weren't taking pictures, but they were comparing. Like their their foot to its its foot, not even close. Its hands to their hands, not even close. Supposedly that was put on a on an airplane. It was flown from the Middle East, Kandahar, to Germany, and then supposedly it was sent on to um, the the story is it was sent to Wright Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. So the That's giant. The giant may be with the aliens that are at right path, right? Yeah. Because we all know that's where they are. <laughs> at least one or two. At least the ones from uh, Roswell, right? That's where they're <laughs> supposed to be. Was it Hangar 50? Hangar 13? Area 51, Hangar... I forget. That's a different... That's a, yeah. that's a different That's another episode. episode. That's yeah. a different episode. Anyway... So that's really what I found about um, very interesting stuff from, you know, from, you know, 1000 BC to, you know, literally to, to today's world. That's, that's interesting. And um, I was just looking up when, when I asked the question a minute ago about if they were any on display. Um, there was one on display in London, but this was a man that was seven foot seven, 
and his dying request was to be buried at sea. So they took him off a display and buried him. So evidently that was just a very large man because, you know, he made his request and no one thought anything, you know, different about him other than he was really large. Um, and then there's there were, uh, some articles when I was scanning that it was just like, there used to be somebody here, but they've, they've moved it. So it's like, it's everybody's disappearing. It's like, why? Why is that? Have they re were they really there? Who's just who's saying they were? You know, it does make you a lot you know, of conspiracy there. It does make you think about the conspiracy part of it, and you know, does it not fit? Right. Right. So maybe, maybe not. I don't know. One thing I've learned about this world of weird things that we have waded into is that I don't, I just don't say no to things anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. Who am because, I to judge? <laughs> because every time I say no, I get proved wrong. I know. It's every time we go on any investigation, <laughs> something different happens, and we're like, oh, crap, that's real, too. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, I don't discount anything anymore. But I guess now would be a good time to take a break. Yes. Let's take a break. Let's hear from our sponsors. We want to give a shout out to Hydro Publications and Dragonfly Pond Holistic Services. They've been with us since day one. Uh, we really appreciate your all support. Um, if you're interested in being another one of our sponsors, we have slots open. You can visit our website and there's a link that can take you to the sponsor page so that you know where you could fit into our program and help us bring more weird stuff out into the world. Hydra Publications is your one stop for the best in genre fiction. Secrets and Blood is the debut horror novel from Dewey Hensley. Evangeline Grace is sheriff in a small town, Eastern Kentucky coal mining county, longs to start a new life in another place. However, present and past evils conspire to jeopardize her plans and end the lives of those she loves, including her brother Sheldon, whom she promised to protect. Drugs, feuds, and her beliefs stand in the way of identifying the notorious Highlander in time to live her dream. However, menace reaches from Madison County's past. Do you struggle with depression, ongoing medical issues, or have you experienced past trauma? If you have, please consider the help of energetic healing. At Dragonfly Pond Holistic Services, we utilize Karuna Reiki, crystals to align and heal chakra function, meditation, and sound healing to address these issues and help you in your healing process. To learn more about energetic healing and how to contact us, visit our website at dragonflypondenergy.com. For those who call in to schedule an appointment, mention this ad and receive $25 off your initial visit. Welcome back to Weirdos in the Wild. Before we return to our program, AJ and I would like to take a moment to remember my brother John Tencher, co-founder of Beyond This Life Paranormal, and Alan Oxley, AJ's father. Both passed away just before we recorded our first episode. Each and every episode going forward from this one on will be in remembrance of them. Thank you. All right. Well, please visit our sponsors. We love them. We need them. <laughs> they keep us going, and they keep uh, keep um, keep things weird here for you all too. So, 
Lynn, let's see what you got here now. Let's talk. keep talking Giants. All right. I went down the path of um, more of the lore and the stories behind Giants. Um, as we know, a lot of lore and you know folklore and mythology and all that could possibly have come from something true. Right. Um, you know, because back then they, they didn't, re- didn't document anything, so things were told by word of mouth mm-hmm. on the way down. And... And things might have changed along the way, like playing telephone, and you get a different word by the time you reach the the end of the line of people. But anyway, that you know, some of these things could have been so traumatic or unique that you know it carried all the way down from something that could have been true. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find a Jack and Irons, which was a mythical giant of Yorkshire. Um, he haunted lonely roads. So, by haunted, I'm sure he means, they mean that he just kind of hangs out Mm -hmm. in where there's not a lot of people. Um, He's covered with chains, and he manages to somehow wear the heads of his victims. Oh, lovely. They said he wields a large spiked club, which is what, you know, I see in in my head. And cartoon giants, you know, the the big club with all the metal spikes coming out of it. But it says that his name might not be Jack, because Yorkshire folklore refers to Jack as a term for people that don't know their names, like we do John Doe. Oh. So, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk. Yes. Jack was the little guy in Jack and the Beanstalk. But (laughs) Um, Jack and Irons is portrayed in the Mary Gentry series of by Laurel K. Hamilton. He's described as. Uther, which is one of the giant's names in his books, Uther was 13 feet tall with a head that was more pig than human and two curling tusks on either side of his snout. He was a jack in irons, but he used the name Uther Squarefoot. So, at least in this uh, series, he was definitely an intelligent being. Isn't there a... Isn't there a character in Star Wars that looks like that? The the pig with the tusks when Yeah. Isn't it when Um, when Ray is trying to get tokens or whatever or food? I think he was in that. I don't know. Yeah. Or talking to no, 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 no. The one where they're talking in the restaurant. Is it when or somebody talking I don't know. I'm getting all my Star Wars confused. Yeah, I think it's when... Isn't it when... Um, Han Solo is in the bar. Isn't there a pig type of... Freak? I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to have to go back and watch I don't again. Know. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have brought that up. Anyway. No, every time I watch <laughs> Star Wars, though, I, it's usually I'm falling It's asleep. funny when you listen to Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars, there are creatures that are like... Yeah. Like that in there. Yeah. Well, they say uh, Chewbacca was uh, modeled mm-hmm. after Bigfoot. Right. Which is why, for all of you out there, when AJ either texts or calls me, it's the Bigfoot scream or mm-hmm. what? Not Bigfoot scream. The Chewbacca, the Chewbacca. scream. So. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's the Bigfoot. Maybe guy. I need to get a real Bigfoot howl so you can do that. Yeah, I'll have to find that. <laughs> they didn't have that on the ringtones <laughs> 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 to make my own. <laughs> 
That's as close as I could come for you there, AJ. All right, then I found another legendary figure in English folklore who lived in a hermitage on an island that's now called Lindholm in the middle of Hatfield Chase, which is today located in Metro in Metropolitan Borough of Doncaster. There's a lot of different tales about him, um, that he was born a giant, uh, that, and they thought that it, it meant that he was a satanic magician or a righteous monk. I don't know hmm. why a righteous monk would need to be a giant, but... Yes, just because of his size, they thought he was... He was... Special? Special or godly, I don't know. What can be... Ex uh, what they were talking about, that he was a real hermit, living all by himself likely where um, a Buddhist center stands now. And I cannot pronounce this Buddhist center and it's five words long, like Rang Jung Yeshi Gomde Tibetan Buddhist Center. Okay. So. I'm glad you tried that, not me. <laughs> I gotta take one every now and then for the team here. <laughs> the earliest report of William, which is what they called him, comes from the will of John Simpson of Fish Lake dated March 23rd, 1407, in which he bequeathed seven pence to the hermit of Lindholm. Okay. Evidently, he was a, a, a nice guy. Um, according to Yorkshire Archaeological Journal, uh, Dr. Nathaniel Johnston, can, he had information and references to the occupants of Hermitage there, and he had records of William. And on July 28th, 1697, he wrote, Having been in Yorkshire this last week, I met with diverse, learned, and indigenous gentlemen who told me a great many observable things. It was upon Hanson's house at Hale Hill, Woodhouse. They have a lot of names for a place. Yes, they do. That St. William uh, Lindholm set his wagon. So he put his wagon down. And I guess took up residence. <laughs> <laughs> once he, once Hanson lived there, then and it says look and see when Hanson's lived, and you may find perhaps when William A. Landholm lived. So that was kind of interesting. I thought he just went and put his wagon down and That's took up residence. That's a good residence. way of putting it, isn't it? Like yeah. Like, <laughs> like the wagon broke down here, so that's where we stayed. I'm, I'm gonna put my flag, stake my claim right here. <laughs> not going any further but um, they did some more research in the history and topography of the island of Axholm and uncovered that burial stone of William Lindholm was no longer there however his burial place was still at that time visible the stone having been broken down and used as cobblestone by a previous owner of the land so they desecrated his grave I guess mm -hmm. um, let's see he stated that upon exhuming his body they uncovered a skull, a tooth, a hip bone from a very large human, as well as the remains of a bag of hemp seed, and a large beaten copper plate with two chevrons on it. So we do know he existed. Yeah, they found parts of him, I guess. Um, the other thing that I found I thought interesting was, you know, you hear about this, especially in like um, Tolkien and you know, the Middle Earth theory and all that is ogres, mm -hmm. which is a legendary monster depicted as large, hideous, man-like being that eats ordinary human beings, especially infants and children. 
So they, it's not Shrek. Huh? It's not Shrek. No, not Shrek. So um, ogres are often depicted as inhumanly large, tall, and have disproportionately large head, lots of hair, unusually colored skin, and is always hungry and has a very strong body. Ogres are closely linked with giants and with human cannibals in mythology. Shrek. Shrek, not, not a no, cannibal. No. <laughs> All right. I found another one in, um, it says it's in Estonian versions. So wherever Estonia or whatever Estonian Let's is. See. Estonia is, isn't that in Eastern Europe, Western Russia? Maybe. But there's Vanatu which is also known as the Empty One, or Vanna Pagan, which means Old Devil. And it's a devil or god of the underworld, a giant farmer who is more stupid than malevolent. Oh, okay. So we got, you know, not very intelligent being here. Um, it says that he was the worst enemy of Sir Toll, a giant in the folklore of the island Sarama. S-A-A-R-E-M-A-A. -A -A. Toll is, was decapitated during a battle with Vanatu's forces. And Vanatu sometimes wears a hat of fingernails. That makes him invisible. Okay. Now these were both giants? Mm-hmm. And then the hat of fingernails makes him invisible. Don't go saving your fingernail clippings. All right, that's, that's, that's a new one right there. I've never <laughs> heard that before. Or your toenail <laughs> clippings. Ugh. Don't even go there. <laughs> That'll make you invisible. I've never heard that. <laughs> and then I ran across something called Berg Monk or Mountain Monk. So here again we have a monk that's okay. rather large. He was a mountain spirit in German folklore and is also known as Meister Hammerling or Master Hammering Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Master hammering dude. Yeah. So is he like Thor? I guess. The hammer is that, was that his his weapon, I guess? I guess. Master hammering guy. But he was giant in size, had white hair, and fiery looking eyes as large as dining plates. The mountain spirits wear black hooded cowl, as used by monks, such leading to his name Bergmonk. But every time I hear the word cowl, I think of Batman. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I learned what a cowl was, was Batman. So okay. I go to Batman every time. Said he can also be dressed as a miner, and as such, he's called Meister Hammerling. So there you go. It's interesting that the European folklore is all, you know, a lot of it is the monk. Mm -hmm. You know, and then the American side, it was all the Native American. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that it. That yeah. And this guy, Bergamonk, can also take the shape of a horse with a long neck and terrible looking eyes and is also be able to become invisible. Oh, he's a shapeshifter. Mm hmm. And, you know, can disappear and hide from you. Like the fairies we talked about on mm -hmm. another episode. The residents of Bergamonk are in pits and mines in the mountains. There he's active well deep in the pits as he is up on service. Um, especially on Fridays. <laughs> He's very busy on Fridays. <laughs> Fridays is his day. <laughs> Don't bother him on a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> if 
But Friday, he's ready Friday, to party. Friday, he'll get you. Yeah. So he fills the excavated ores from one bucket to another. Um, the Bergamonk should be given his head because he will violate anyone who dares to scold his futile effort. Whatever, however you want to interpret that. Okay. But he said he's generally in an erratic and dangerous being. His breath is poisonous. Oh, he's got bad breath. Yes, and he's able to kill 12 people at once. Oh, with his bad breath? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Puzzle Quest on my he's computer. Dentist. Come on. <laughs> it makes me think of one of the spells. <laughs> it's some kind of bad breath. Anyway, says he also sometimes grasps a miner and puts him down at another place with so much strength that the miner's limbs are shattered. But he loves playing jokes and is known to be very hot-tempered. He doesn't like being denied or joked about and must surely, surely punish those who deny him. But he has a good side. He could also be just and helpful, guarding the miners and punishing the evil ones. He punishes vices such as whistling. Okay, don't whistle in the mine. Don't whistle. Don't cuss. Damn it. <laughs> Egoism, infidelity, and idleness. So don't be lazy, especially on Friday. Yeah, don't do any of that stuff on Friday. <laughs> but he sometimes gives the miners the lamps, whose lamps are in danger of going out, sorry. He gives them oil from this giant pit lamp. The oil never diminishes and burns steadily, even for years. Huh. I'd like to know his secret. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. But he's also able to excavate more ore than, in one hour than the miners are in, able to in a week. So he is helpful. So he is helpful. Just don't whistle or... Talk to him on a Friday. Yeah. Or, you know, cuss when you drop a hammer on your toe. That's right. Okay. Let's see what else I got here. Um, the giants of myth and legend have no basis in reality, this one site said. Oh. It said human-like beings who grow to 20 feet or more are the stuff of fiction. And even far in the past, there's no evidence of hominins that ever got much taller than we are today. So, you know, I have to throw in a little bit of the, the other side of the coin here. Okay. Says some remarkable exceptions among Homo sapiens have existed, but those are most most bleh, but they are most often the result of hormonal disorders. Such conditions occur when the body produces excess growth hormone throughout life. Those who suffer from these disorders, as was the case for the tallest man ever, Rod, Robert Wadlow, continue to grow for years. Wadlow stood eight foot eleven inches tall, and made him a veritable giant to most of us. Um, but he had little sensation in his feet and died from an infected blister in his early 20s. Wow. Yeah. I guess he's the, the person that you always see in the Guinness Book of World Records, right? That's, Maybe. That's him, right? That might be why the name seems familiar. But this, the, this guy goes on to say that there's few signs, uh, there are few signs that ancient humans ever grew much taller than we do. Which is what we're talking about, you know. They, right. They well, then, tend to be smaller. Correct. Right. Back then, so. Right. And it says, you know, if anything, ancient humans were humans were shorter than we were. Neanderthals, which I found out, I do have Neanderthal genes in my DNA. We all probably do. Said that they stood on average several inches shorter than most humans. 
That explains why I'm short, I guess. I don't know. But that was interesting. The giant ape species Gigantopithecus. Gigantopithecus. Thank you. You say it much better than I do. Oh, that's a, that's a Bigfoot thing. <laughs> Gigantopithecus. Because a lot of people believe that's what Bigfoot is. Gigantopithecus. Yeah, could be. It sounds like something my grandson would say. <clears throat> but uh, they said it stood up to 10 feet tall and died out just a few hundred thousand years ago. Meaning our evolutionary cousins existed alongside them. But it may be the closest thing that ever existed to mythical Bigfoots and Sasquatches. Mm. But today, this guy says, there's, there's no, no giants. Such thing. There's no such there's thing. There's no as, such thing. Is Bigfoot? Nope. Okay. According to him. I don't know. We did a whole episode. Our first episode, as a matter of fact, was on the Spotsville monster. That's so. right. That was a rather large being, and that's right. And someday we are going to go bigfoot hunting. So yeah, we've got a place, we've got a guide. I'm just waiting for the weather to cool off. And, that's right. And I'm going to soak myself in tick repellent. And, well, and we'll go. We'll figure it out. We'll All see right. what we can see. <laughs> and we'll have our own giant stories, maybe. Maybe. Anyway, well, I mean, that was a pretty good discussion on Giants today. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Um, just to kind of let you guys know, too, what's coming up. Um, here, starting in a couple weeks, Lynn and I are going on a huge amount of goat stuff. Yeah, our we, calendars are packed. <laughs> it is packed. And, which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. We're going to have a lot of cool stuff to talk about. Um, we've actually still got something we haven't talked to you about um, and we can we'll have that sometime um, in the future mm -hmm. um, and we've got some cool locations coming up yeah we have Waverly Hills on our docket for later on this fall check check we've got Post Town Elementary coming up here in just a couple of weeks which check, I'm check. excited we've been there before we loved it um, it Can't is, wait to do it again. It is haunted. There is no doubt that place no is haunted. No doubt. No doubt. And then, what else we got? We've we got, got Roars. Yeah. Another one, of our, our, yeah. another one of our favorites that there is no doubt it's haunted. So we're going to do that. We're actually... give. I'll give Keith Age a shout out. He's the rock and roll ghost hunter. He is doing a ghost hunting class that AJ and I are going to take. And see if we can learn something more, because he has been doing this for a very, very long time. Um, you know, since he was like two, evidently, because he's not that old. Something like that. <laughs> but we're looking forward to taking his class. We have an, an episode, if you're interested in hearing from Keith Age, one of our other episodes. He's, he was our special guest. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we'll have some good things to be able to share from that. And then we're also going to the Bell Mansion in Indiana, which we can talk about. Oh, it's can... public, yes, so we oh, can talk about okay. it. Y'all should have seen the look I just got from AJ. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a location that there's going to be some filming going on, and usually when we do that, we have to keep it quiet. But this one is public, so we're good. Okay. okay. Um, um, and then we also have our undisclosed location that we have been back to again, mm -hmm. and we'll talk about that in another episode. And then we have Debbie Joplin coming on an episode soon to talk about 
crystal healing. So we're going to do a complete uh, different direction on, on our, uh, I guess you'd call this more metaphysical than paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, so and the train station. And the and train, the train station. station. Yeah, we're going to We do have that. ghost hunting a lot coming up. And yeah. we are loving it. And we are really looking forward to sharing it with you all. So, you know, <laughs> keep stay tuned. Keep listening to our, our stuff. So We have you know. a lot of ghost hunting coming up. And we are ready to go. Yep, I'm itching. It's we been a while. We got some new toys uh, that we are using as our um and learning as we go with them as well (laughs) and so hopefully we'll be able to get some good evidence that we can share with you as as well with that yeah looking forward to getting missy and Haley from beyond this life back on uh to talk about our private investigation we we brought a few other people with us this time and and we had a few things happen and some Mm -hmm. some interesting things to talk about so Mm -hmm. So we're, that's what we are going to tease you with and and leave you with. <laughs> so, all right, Lynn, take us home. Thanks for listening, everyone, and keep it weird, y'all. Thank you for joining us at Weirdos in the Wild. Please show us some love and support on our Patreon account at Weirdos in the Wild. Like us on all of our social media. And if you've had an experience you'd like to share with us, visit our site at weirdosinthewild.com. Until next time, keep it weird, y'all. Hydra Publications is your one stop for the best in genre fiction. Secrets and Blood is the debut horror novel from Dewey Hensley. Evangeline Grace, the sheriff in a small town, Eastern Kentucky coal mining county, longs to start a new life in another place. However, present and past evils conspire to jeopardize her plans and end the lives of those she loves, including her brother Sheldon, whom she promised to protect. Drugs, feuds, and her beliefs stand in the way of identifying the notorious Highlander in time to live her dream. However, menace reaches from Madison County's past. Do you struggle with depression, ongoing medical issues, or have you experienced past trauma? If you have, please consider the help of Energetic Healing. At Dragonfly Pond Holistic Services, we utilize Karuna Reiki, crystals to align and heal chakra function, meditation, and sound healing to address these issues and help you in your healing process. To learn more about energetic healing and how to contact us, visit our website at dragonflypondenergy.com. For those who call in to schedule an appointment, mention this ad and receive $25 off your initial visit.